everyone knows Bryce Young is the Heisman Trophy winner from last year. Everybody knows he looked good this past Saturday. But what did everybody think about Jalen Milrow? That could be something to keep an eye on. Locked on Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Good, good. Just driving and podcasting. Driving and podcasting. That sounds I know like not to everything. drive and text. I know not to drink and drive, and I know not to drink and te- not to drive and text, but no one has said anything about driving and podcasting. So here I am in heavy traffic. Or drinking and podcasting. Either way. Um, <laughs> Jimmy, let's talk about Jalen Milroy. Well, I do that. What's that? I said, oh, I do that. <laughs> Let's talk about uh, Jalen Milrow here for a second. Um, sure. As many people know, he was committed to Texas at one time. Alabama was able to flip him. Uh, really hoping we get to see him this weekend against the Longhorns. That would be pretty cool. He's from Texas. Uh, he is a beautiful specimen of a human being. I mean, he's just nice. like, yeah, he really is. He, he's he's gorgeous. Um mm-hmm. And I, I liked some things I saw out of him on Saturday against Utah State. I, I the, People are going to just harp on the interception. It was underthrown. It was also a good play by the defensive back. But overall, I was pretty excited about where we stand with our backup quarterback situation. What say you? I say that it's a, a, a fantastic litmus test for what kind of a fan – uh, you are in your own personality, um, speaking to, to all of you, because I think everyone's going to look at it differently, which is fine. But there was enough great, and by great, I mean great, there was enough great Familro to be really excited about him if you choose to be, if that's your attitude. He was 8 of 10. And I know some cynical say, yeah, but those eight completions were easy. If it was so easy, how come everybody isn't 8 out of 10? Everyone would be 8 out of 10 if this was an easy thing to do. If it was easy to complete 80% of throws, then people would just do that all the time. Uh, So there's no way that you can look at 8 out of 10 and blow it off as a nothing burger. That's ridiculous. Now, that said, the two incompletions we're pretty bad, to be honest. If we're being honest, and we're being honest on both sides of the coin, right? The the interception was 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 terribly underthrown. And what was worse is I think Leary had the DB beat deep and 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 Milrow threw it late and underthrown, which is crazy considering how big his arm is. He can throw it from Tuscaloosa to Northport. So that was bad. And the other incompletion was also a very poorly thrown ball. It could have been intercepted in the sense that it was so off target it could have ended up anywhere so you have eight out of ten great two throws that were were like yeesh pretty bad there Jalen now we also know he's a great kid with great leadership ability awesome intangibles he's smart the kids like him he's an incredible athlete you have to throw all that into the mix too so I can just say for myself personally I'm really excited about Milro and his future at quarterback based on what I saw Saturday. 
but I'll also do it with some level of trepidation because he is a, 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 a work in progress as it relates to the pass game. And, and we saw that Saturday that there's still a lot to, there's a lot to love. There's a lot to iron out. Optimistic. Of course I am. Wait, what in the heck just happened? Are we about to play? We're about to play Utah State again, right here now. Uh, it, what's funny is I went to the ESPN site to pull up some stats, and then as you 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 went ahead and mentioned that he was eight of ten, and I guess it just automatically goes to highlights. Yeah, and, um, gotcha. And that is so irritating. Uh, it, the pop up pop up stuff with high volume is like, what the heck, man? We didn't sign up for that. But uh, no, I'm excited about Milrow. I get it if people say, but I'm just telling all fans, you can't dismiss eight of 10. And if you're a pie-eyed optimist, if you're, if you're, if you're nothing, but you, you know, you want to see nothing but the good, you're not doing yourself any favors either. And he also showed why he's not a slam dunk to be a great quarterback either, you know, because he's got to iron that stuff out. Those are game lose plays. So uh, excited, still some trepidation, but also realizing He's really a redshirt freshman, and he hasn't played a lot yet, and he's still a very young player. So uh, the honest answer is jury's still out. Yeah, and look, over, I'll tell you, you, I'm glad you brought up Leary because it feels like he and Leary may have a bit of a connection. Um, I, I know he, he seemed to throw it to Leary a few times. Uh, I also appreciated this. I also appreciated the fact that the first play – uh, that Jalen Milrow threw a pass, he threw it to Jermaine Burton. I, I like that it's not, you know, give him a chance to throw it to our number one guy and and get that feel going um, instead of just, you know, acting like we're throwing him a bone or something. I thought that that was a pretty smart move. I'm I'm hoping it was by design. They also put him in with the ones. I mean, when, when, when he first came in, he was with the first team. He had the first team offensive line, first team receivers. He had Gibbs, he had McClellan, he had Roy Dale. That, that, that was Milrow with the ones. What did he do? He led us right down the field and scored a touchdown. Threw a touchdown. Right down the field, scored a touchdown. From that point forward, uh, they put in a ton of twos and even by the end, threes. If, if you're really going to evaluate Milrow running the offense, that was your one drive to do it. And uh, what happened? Touchdown. So every reason to be optimistic. But he, he's got some stuff to iron out. No, no doubt about it. Let me go ahead and tell everybody about BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, podcasts, including this year's opening week games. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, golf, whatever you want, they got it. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. BetOnline is where the game starts. Jimmy, let's talk a little bit about the offensive line. I've seen a lot of... um, consternation still about the offensive line. There was only one sack given up, um, and it was – I feel like it was a missed block. If I remember right, and I haven't gone back and checked out that uh, that specifically, but I want to say 
Robbie Oots may have been involved there Correct. somehow. Correct. The player Robbie Oots was was uh, assigned to block, or he did block on that play, sacked uh, Bryce. So you can say Oost gave up the sack. On the other hand, what I would say, not in defense of him, it's just pretty obvious that, you know, when you play teams, whether they have a three-man front or a four-man front, normally the tight end doesn't have he, – he had an offensive tackle's responsibility on that play, right? And I realize a tight end is a part tackle, part receiver, but he had a pure tackle's responsibility. It's not going to be often that your tight end is matched up with a, def- a down defensive lineman uh, that you're trying to keep off the quarterback. So was it a good play by Oost? It was definitely not. Bryce got hit and we got sacked. That's bad. It's got to be improved. Uh, also wasn't really indicative of, I, I don't think, him or or the offensive line as a whole because uh, there were no other sacks given up. So so not Randolph, not, not Cohen, uh, certainly not Latham or Steen uh, gave up a sack. I did see one play, another play, uh, Luke, where Bryce was hit and he was hit really, really hard, it was Bryce's fault. Uh, that does happen in this sport. The quarterback is, responsi- is responsible for his protection. And what happened was uh, Utah State did a nickel blitz, something Alabama does pretty often, by the way. Uh, we had the front accounted for. That was also a blitz. We did a good job of getting the front accounted for. Bryce never accounted for a nickel corner blitz. We had no one assigned over there. The kid just ran in unblocked. Uh, it wasn't anybody's fault. If Steen had kicked out to pick up the nickel corner, then someone from the inside would have gotten to Bryce. It was just we just didn't have a proper protection uh, on the play. That's on Bryce. He'd be the first to tell you, and he'd be the first to fix it. And, and, and I bet that's uh, already something that's been addressed in Alabama's film study uh, yesterday. Today. So I, I think overall the offensive line wasn't great. But, uh, you know, with some some opinions I've read here and there, there's definitely some – overreaction i mean some some silly overreaction really uh it, it wasn't that bad it, you know i don't know what people expected it was never gonna be great what the heck did we talk about all summer long hey guys the offensive line still looks like it could be a thing and uh we don't think it's be terrible but it's certainly not gonna be great and then the response after the game is uh the offensive line wasn't great what the hell yeah so. <laughs> that's a good point i do want to uh say that i saw a picture uh, regarding one of our offensive linemen, J.C. Latham. And it took me aback. I'm going to put it up here uh, for those on the YouTubes. Uh, look, I don't know how to make that any bigger, but that I, I don't know how to make him any bigger. He looks like a, a villain of the Incredible Hulk right there, <laughs> like that happens to play football for Alabama. I mean, th- I know this picture doesn't do it justice. I, I don't know how to make it bigger. That is a monstrous human being. And um, the way he's standing right now, it looks like he just destroyed a building and the authorities are questioning about it. And he's like, what do you want me to do? This is what monsters do. Um, he, he is just an enormous human. And um, so, yeah, I, I think he looked pretty good, I thought, on Saturday. And he did. Uh, Dalcourt played well, too, and was a staff player of the week. I mean, I thought at the game Dalcourt played well and uh, – Saw some people online going, he didn't. I'm like, God, I sort of missed that. I was like, the total, I thought he played really well. And uh, today named a staff player of the week. You know, we got a really tough crowd. Uh, Alabama does. I mean, it is, yeah. you, you, this is showtime at the Apollo. It doesn't take much 
for the fans in Tuscaloosa to bring the clown out with the broom and, and sweep the comedian off the stage, right? I mean, we we are a tough, tough crowd. I mean, we're not one of those to find a lot of silver linings. When I when I look through some of the other message boards, uh, and we're going to talk about the SEC in general in the next segment, I look through some of the other message boards, like uh, the Auburn message board, for instance. They are, you know, they're doing everything they can to find something positive from from Saturday, and um, it's it's kind of wild. If we perform like that, we're like, well, let, we, let's just go ahead and shut down the season and start over and see if we can just go ahead and, have, you know, instead of games, let's play 11 more spring practices and see if we can get better. You know, we, we're despondent. We cannot enjoy a 55 to nothing win. That's how bad things are. <laughs> or good things are in Tuscaloosa right now. That is so true. I mean, I've said, I've joked about this before, but it's so, so true. Uh, hopefully I'll live to see, you know, 93, I'll be 93 years old. Yeah, I'm sure I won't, but hopefully I will. And and I'll, I'll come across some student in Alabama. I'll be on campus one day, uh, you know, and and uh, I'll see some student who said, good Lord, how old are you? You look 110. I'll go, oh, I'm, I'm only 93. And he'll go, wow, you look look 110. And have you always been an Alabama fan, sir? And I'm like, always. And he's like, you weren't around during the Saban era, were you? I'm going to be like, oh, heck yeah, I was around during the Saban era every second of it. You know. What was that like? It was the greatest dynasty of all time in the history of sports. What was campus like? What, what was it like? And my answer to him is going to be, we bitched and moaned through the whole thing every day, thought the coaches were idiots, thought the players sucked, wanted everybody fired, wanted everybody cut, thought the whole thing was a freaking mess. Yeah, you could say, hey, sir, what was the saving dynasty like? It had to be awesome. Well, Jalen Milrow did throw an interception when we're up 48 nothing. I mean, I, you tell me if that's awesome. <laughs> So, 55 points at 600 yards of offense and didn't didn't block a soul. <laughs> uh, anyway, all right. I want to tell everybody now about home. Uh, excuse me, Alumni Hall. I, I, that is like my home. I, I'm, I just got home. And Alumni Hall, look, this T-shirt I got from Alumni Hall. They, they are the absolute best. Um, just great, friendly people. Look, I, I, I went to their websites. You can go website too is easy peasy and uh, all you gotta do is google alumni hall uh, alabama and, and it'll come up and it's it's absolutely beautiful it's wonderful it's they've got all this cool stuff you need to go check them out alumni hall or find uh, an alumni hall near you I, i'm telling you these people are super nice they have all these cool shirts you won't find anywhere else like this one they sent me this one to promote it's got alabama's old logo which we all love um, you know, I'm not, I'm okay with the Atlanta Braves, a with a mullet on it. I'm okay with that. I'm not okay with the big elephant head. I am cool with the elephant coming through the a and the distressed university of Alabama print. That is what we're talking about. That's what you need to go get, uh, from alumni hall, Alabama. And again, all you have to do is go to alumnihall.com and, uh, you can search for Alabama and they've got all kind of cool stuff, all kind of shirts, sweaters, um, I'm looking at right now cornhole sets, uh, hats with the old logos. They got everything. Go if I get check married out. again, I'm getting registered there. If I get married That's again, I'm going to get registered at Alumni Hall. That's how cool it is. They got every if – you, if you just dream up of something with, that, that, that could possibly have an Alabama logo on it, it's there at Alumni Hall, and I do a lot of shopping. That's Frankly, it, it is my uh, Alabama clothes shop of choice, and it was uh, before – they uh they were they were advertising on our show and uh, I'm 
I'm always fired up, Luke, whenever we add add an advertiser uh, whose product we seriously, seriously recommend uh, because we've, we've already used used their product. Uh, outstanding people and uh, fun, fun store. Um, yeah, if I get the bar there, they should put in a bar. If they had, if they put in a bar there, I'd never leave. Alumni Hall and Bar. I dig it. Um, if I get married again, I'm going to get registered at Publix because I'm going to be completely broke and I'm going to need people to send me chicken and broccoli and stuff. I mean, um, anyway. Uh, so, Jimmy, let's talk about the SEC overall here. Um, leave it to the raging Cajuns of LSU uh, to, to have the best worst game in the history of college football. Literally, you could not look away from that. It was a train wreck that happened because there was a car wreck. It was just unbelievable. Um, it, it, so much stuff went on in the in the final six minutes that you could not believe it. That's the definition of unbelievable. It's you. It's just you. You're in a state of disbelief. Alabama fans that believe in their hearts that Alabama's offensive line sucks. I hereby sentence you to watch LSU football all season. You're sentenced to watching it. If you if you think Alabama's offensive line is terrible, then you watch LSU and and you and report back because that was bad and I'm not sure it's going to get any better. And if Jaden Daniels didn't have excellent mobility, man, poor Miles Brennan, who who I've kind of been a fan of, man, if he played behind that offensive line, that that could have been horrible it would have been cnn breaking news they, they'd have, they'd have just that yeah miles brennan would not have survived that game Jaden daniels did uh survive it barely it just it their offensive line's bad uh my buddy uh dollar to my buddy marcus uh who, who was just talking to me about this their back seven is not what it normally is they normally have dudes all over the back seven they don't now um when orgeron left all those guys left with him really and what guys they had left they lost the whole team after 2019 and really never recruited the team back never got the team back and then that's not a typical lsu team that brian kelly's coaching last night had nothing to do blaming brian kelly for last night is like blaming nick saban for 2007 alabama it's like yo you think saban's great look what he did in 2007 he went seven and five uh that's what you're doing if you're getting on brian kelly today oh, okay I, i'm with you for most of that Except when you have Keyshawn Boutte and he, you say, okay, I, I would get the game plan if you're like, you know, we're going to use Keyshawn Boutte as a decoy for a bit. But if you don't ever throw it to him, he's a decoy for the whole game. <laughs> and he's the best player on the field. We all know he will be the highest drafted player that was in that game. And they didn't throw him the ball or he didn't have a catch until midway through the fourth period. There's something wrong with that. That's, that's, yeah fundamentally stupid um and then today today took everything off social media associated with lsu and not what nfl players do when they're throwing uh, tantrums about uh, their team they uh they take all their team colors off there look, look in this day and age and i've already had a teammate in jamar chase take a year off and become nfl rookie of the year and look fantastic if i'm if i'm Keyshawn butte and i believe i'm as good as jamar chase and i think he is then i go oh, wait a minute uh, yes, as a as a competitor, you don't you don't, you're always like I want to play, 
but as a, as a guy business decision, you're like, they're not going to throw me the ball and which is going to hurt my stock. Um, and it's going to make me look bad because obviously my attitude's kind of crappy. And, um, so why don't I just take the rest of the year off and not, uh, be a disappointment this season. And on top of that, we don't have a very good offensive line. So the quarterback, even if he was throwing it to me, it's hard to throw it from his back. And uh, we're not going to win that many games. Uh, you, It does make you kind of wonder if Keyshawn Boutte is going to hang him up uh, at LSU. I don't know. It also tells me if after one game he's willing to hang it up, the, the rumors of his transference to another school uh, were not greatly exaggerated. No, I don't think they were at all. As a matter of fact, I mean, what I'm about to say is going to be misconstrued, so I'm stupid for even saying it. I'm picking these words carefully. Uh, uh, but but th- this is my theory with Boutte because it lines up with what we saw last night. I think he wishes he left. I think he yeah. wishes he could have left. And then that big NIL deal came. Now, people don't need to forget about that. You know, he got these – it's even on his Twitter page that he – uh, is is the face of uh, of the law firm in uh, in Baton Rouge? The big personal injury law firm uh, paid him the NIL money. Uh, nothing wrong with that. Totally legal. Totally legal. Not saying anything's against the rules or that anybody did anything wrong. I'm just saying now that the games are here, maybe it's been made clear to him that of why it might have been in his best interest to play somewhere else. I'm not talking specifically about Alabama. So don't get everybody. Yeah. But I, I just think Boutte played like he wished he was somewhere else. Uh, really quickly, Jimmy, to wrap it up, um, outside Georgia, who looked absolutely phenomenal. Georgia reminded me of um, Alabama 2010 taking on Duke when they just, I mean, they, they had to go to Duke. It seemed like they were mad about having to do it. And they just beat Duke into oblivion. Um and Duke's not a very good team. I understand that. But that was sort of like, a, hey, we're still around uh, defending our championship thing. Georgia came out with that same attitude and beat a better team than Duke, although I'm not sure they're much better than Duke. Uh, Bo Nix was Bo Nix again. He was Bo Nixian. And um, he's just – I'm shocked I'm saying this because I saw him in high school several times and I thought he'd be a good quarterback. He's just not really good at, at the college level. He's great as a high school, but he's not that great of a college quarterback. And um, it's, yeah, Georgia would do that to a lot of quarterbacks. I understand at the same time, um, he had some unforced errors that are hard to explain considering he's a senior that uh, has been around the block a few times now. Yeah. uh, Here's just, just some predictions. Uh, Oregon will look better as the season progresses. I don't think that's the Oregon we're going to see in the Pac-12 all year. I think Oregon will still, be a serious contender to win the Pac-12. What what, what it said to me is, let's see if Clemson can join them. But uh, Alabama and Georgia really felt to me like they separated themselves from everyone else this weekend, including Ohio State, who who struggled uh, to to put away Notre Dame. Uh, And and, uh, Georgia, to me, reminded me of a Saban team in terms of like, you lost all those dudes and you got – a quote game manager at quarterback and, 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 and still look that good. Uh, that that's very Saban, Sabanish. And, uh, gosh, uh, I didn't predict it to happen and I'm not predicting it now, but, uh, the idea that Alabama and Georgia could play twice again is looking real. 
is looking like it's just a foregone conclusion. I mean, honestly, and um, boy, I know Florida looked pretty good, uh, but they didn't look great. And frankly, that game could have gone either way. I think that game is more of a testament to the strength of the SEC that what people consider to be this very experienced number seven team in the country, Utah, some people had them penciled into the college football playoff. They can't go and beat a, a pretty middle of the pack Florida squad that may have trouble beating Kentucky at home next week. I mean, that, that's, I think that's more a testament to our league's strength than it is anything else. Um, all right, Jimmy, let's go to wrap it up. And uh, when we have our next podcast, we're going to do a lot of Texas talk. Chris Felica has put some stats out there that are pretty unbelievable about Texas versus Alabama over the last several years. And uh, we'll discuss that and, and really get into some Crimson Tide Longhorn discussion. Until then, roll tight, everybody. Roll tight.